Hey guys, this is the last three chapters of the audiobook. Obviously, last week we were already into the uh, us forming a podcast and learning a little bit about uh, as things went as far as uh, doing the podcast and battling, you know, trying to do that and hold full time jobs and kind of kind of some of the things we started experiencing along the way. And now we're gonna uh, put the cap on it basically. And we're going to kind of take you up to where we're at today and uh, some of the things that have been most enjoyable, including the group, Facebook group that we have. And uh, we're going to end the, the very last chapter is a, just a bunch of messages that people have sent us telling us how the show's made a difference. And we could have probably had 50 other make the book, but I only chose 15 or 20 to put in there just to keep it from being too long. But uh uh, it's something we're super proud of. So I hope you've enjoyed the book and I hope you enjoy the ending. Chapter 25, A Return on Investment. When we started the podcast, all we hoped for was that some people would listen to our show. And perhaps if they enjoyed what they heard, they would share it with their friends. We had no idea that our show would mean so much to so many people. The listeners have meant just as much to us. Their messages have kept us going more than they will ever realize. Producing a podcast is hard work, especially on top of working full-time jobs, particularly mine that was working me 70 hours a week. Staying motivated is a challenge, and there is added stress. We were devoting every bit of our free time to the podcast in the early years. And one of the hardest things about podcasting is that you are putting yourself out there in the public square and there are some haters. The podcast has received a fair share of negative reviews criticizing Tracy's laugh, intelligence level, and her voice. We have strived to not let the negativity get to us, but it can be pretty rough at times. There have been times when the temptation to call it quits has occurred to me after I've read something that hurts the love of my life, who is the absolute sweetest person that I have ever met. I can remember watching her cry after someone brutally blasted her in a negative review. A review for a free show. A show that they could have just turned off if they disliked it so much. Instead, this person chose to take the time to write a review, not to say that the show itself was bad, but to personally attack Tracy over her voice and her laugh. Anybody would want to quit. Was it worth it to keep going? The answer was yes. Our work through the podcast has been worth giving up all of our free time and subjecting ourselves to ridicule so that we could be there for our listeners to get them through the rough patches in their lives. In the end, the good always outweighs the bad. We have learned to focus on the good. The podcast has finally reached a place where Tracy and I have been able to make it our full-time job. This has been thanks to our loyal listeners. They buy the products that we advertise on the show, which keeps advertisers coming back. Many of those same listeners support our show via Patreon, where they make a monthly donation in exchange for bonus content. Our return on investment has not just been monetary, though. We are most thankful for the outpouring of love that we receive daily, whether that comes in the form of review or a message or attendance at one of our live shows. We love the opportunity that we have to meet our listeners through live shows that we host around the country. We've sold out almost every one of them. That's a true testament to the dedication of our listeners. 
some of these live events have led to some extraordinary circumstances. In October of 2018, we got a message from Becky. She and her husband Donald lived in South Africa, but were in Lexington for medical reasons. Donald had to undergo a lung and kidney transplant, and a double transplant was not available in South Africa. They were undergoing several treatments to prepare for the transplant that would still be over a year away. They wanted to meet us. We were extremely humbled that with all that they had going on in their lives, they would take the time to ask to meet us. We decided to meet at a coffee shop, and we spent an hour visiting. The following week, we had a live event in Nashville, Tennessee, which is about four hours away from Lexington. Just by a stroke of luck, Becky and Donald were already going to be in Nashville for that weekend. This could have been a coincidence, but peculiar nonetheless. Soon they were going to have to make the move from Lexington to Philadelphia for the next round of treatments. We had a show scheduled one year later in Philadelphia. Becky and Donald had already returned to South Africa, but Becky flew back to the United States to come to that show. She came straight to the venue from the airport. If that does not humble you, my friends, nothing will. The next event that I want to discuss is a little more complicated. This one was scheduled to take place in Atchison, Kansas on August 10th, 2019. Atchison is well known for two things. The city is the home of Amelia Earhart and the Sally House. I would assume that everyone is familiar with Earhart, but for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Sally House, this is one of the most haunted locations in the world with a reputation for demonic activity. Our buddies from the Astonishing Legends podcast, Scott and Forrest, went to Atchison for the Amelia Earhart Festival. While they were there, they met with Maria Miller, the director of tourism for Atchison. Maria took Forrest and Scott to the Sally House, and Scott captured an EVP that shook him to his core, spurring multiple episodes on the Sally House on their podcast. Shortly after, we were lucky enough to spend time with Forrest and Maria in New Orleans, and we got to know them both quite well. This was before Astonishing Legends had released the episodes. After the episodes were made public, I got a message from Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. He suggested that we visit the Sally House. I suggested that we take it a step farther and do a live event there, and I explained that I knew the director of tourism there and that we might be able to plan an event for an entire weekend. I contacted Maria, and she was excited to help us out. We obviously had done live shows before, but this was going to be different. Our live shows entailed us presenting an episode of the podcast in front of a live audience, mingling with listeners, and selling merchandise. We were usually joined at these shows by a couple of other podcasts to do live episodes as well. Atchison is a different sort of place. This is one of the most haunted cities in the world with haunted locations around every corner. Maria planned to have us perform inside one of the top 10 most haunted restaurants in the entire country, Pellucci Restaurant. The fun would not end there, though. Maria also put together haunted trolley ride tours, a haunted cemetery walk, and, of course, tours of the Sally House. To top it off, Tracy, Justin, Maria, myself, and a few others were set up to investigate and spend the night in the Sally House. This was by far the most action-packed event that we had ever had planned. Our plan was to make the 10-hour drive to Atchison on August 7th. This will give us a few days to enjoy all the sights of the city. On August 6th, tragedy struck. My son Alex had agreed to look after our pets. I was in the process of dropping off a key to him 
when my phone rang at approximately 9.30 a.m. It was Tracy. All she said was, Jerry, Daddy died. The coroner was on his way, and her sister insisted that Tracy get there as soon as possible if she wanted to see her father before they took him away. We both hopped in the car and raced a 45-minute drive to her father's house. Driving 100 miles per hour most of the way there, it was a nerve-wracking experience. But I had to get her there to visit her daddy. Tracy is the epitome of a daddy's girl, and I was not going to deprive her of her final visit in the home that held so many memories for her. When we arrived, the coroner was there. Since this was a small town and the family knew the coroner, he was nice enough to wait for us to get there. Eddie Chipman had passed away peacefully in his sleep at the age of 84. He had a look of peace on his face. There was little consolation to his grieving daughters who were coming to terms that they would never see their father alive again. Watching Tracy break down at the bedside as she kept asking, Why, Daddy, why? was one of the most heart-wrenching sights that I have ever endured. My immediate response was to contact Justin and Marie and let them know about the unfortunate circumstances and to cancel the event. This was my wife's father who had passed, and she was devastated. I could hardly expect her to be up for putting on a brave face and mingling with listeners, no matter how big the event. I was about to make the call when Tracy told me to wait. There were many factors involved to consider. The show was a sellout, so we would have to refund all of the tickets. That was just money, not a big deal. If Justin and Maria decided to still hold the event, Tracy and I had all the audio equipment with us, so they would need to find replacement equipment. But the greatest issue was that many of the people coming to the event had non-refundable hotel rooms and flights. One of these guests was flying in from England just to see us. Anna was a special young lady who had a life filled with abuse, and we had inspired her to start living again. She had been attending college in England, and she was excited to finally be able to meet us in person. If you know Tracy, that was not something that she could just turn her back on, no matter how grave the situation. Within a few hours, she had talked it over with her sister Susie, and they decided to go to the funeral home and make plans to have the funeral on Monday to allow us to attend the weekend event. Tracy was the daughter and wife of entertainers. She was very familiar with the saying, the show must go on. In this moment, I was the proudest that I had ever been of Tracy. She displayed such strength in handling this incredibly rough circumstance. The decision was ultimately for her to make. She was torn because she wanted us to be there for the listeners but she was also concerned that people would think that she was being disrespectful to her father. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Tracy had worshipped the ground that Eddie walked on, and this was absolutely killing her inside. Imagine a ten-hour car ride, knowing that when the trip was over, you were coming home to bury your daddy. Kristen made the trip with us, and I think that made things easier. We had posted on social media that we were still going to be at the event, and the outpouring of love and compassion was overpowering. Tracy, as one would expect, was quiet and subdued most of the time in Atchison. We went on a haunted trolley ride, and I could see that Tracy was just mostly staring straight ahead, lost in thought. The night of the live event revealed our special bond with the listeners. As we finished our part of the show, Tracy started thanking everyone for their love and their support. 
I can still see her starting to break down and Justin Rimmel coming from out of the audience to put his arm around her, as if he were helping to carry her across the finish line. One of our listeners, Dolly, had been struggling with the loss of her brother, and she brought Tracy a book on grieving. Several others brought gifts and cards expressing their condolences. Listeners lined up to hug and cry with her. By the end of the night, it was obvious that we had made the right choice in coming to Atchison. The next evening, we spent the night in the Sally House and experienced a fun reprieve from the grievous task ahead of us the next day, as we knew we had a funeral to prepare for. Eddie Chipman was an accomplished musician and a hell of a nice guy. He was everything that you could hope to have in a father-in-law. When we visited his house, he was always pulling out the old VHS tapes to show us his old bluegrass performances or Tracy and Susie when they were little. He filmed everything and had hundreds of videotapes. We definitely miss him, and he missed his wife Pearl. We envisioned them in each other's arms somewhere up in heaven. Chapter 26. What is success? The Hillbilly Horror Stories Facebook group has been our favorite accomplishment on this journey, and we're very proud of the family that has formed there. Ironically, the group almost did not happen. Like many podcasts, we had designed an official Facebook page when we started the podcast. That way, listeners could keep up to date with the news around the podcast and write us comments or give us suggestions for episode topics. Some people may not realize that the Facebook algorithms, which are constantly changing, cause Facebook pages to get buried and interaction is tough. So several listeners asked for us to start up a Facebook group. I personally did not think that this was necessary. In January of 2018, one of our Australian listeners, Natasha Ali, asked if we were going to start a group. I explained my reservations and commented that we really did not have the time to add yet another project to our list. She said with her cute little Australian accent, I completely get that. Is it okay if I start and maintain the group? I agreed to that if we had minimal involvement. At that time, I was not part of any Facebook groups, so I was unaware of how much better the interactions were with the groups. As the group started to grow in membership, we quickly learned that this was going to become something special. The group was attracting our listeners with the biggest hearts. People felt safe here. They were able to ask for prayers or confide in the group about their paranormal experiences without ridicule. Eventually, some listeners felt comfortable enough to share their struggles with depression and how they were coping. The response to this was astounding. Tracy and I decided to use our group as a safe haven for those who needed to reach out for help. We began to talk about the group and invited others to join on our podcast episodes. We invited not only the listeners, but anyone that they knew that might be struggling and needed a safe place, even if they did not listen to our podcast. Over time, the group went from just a podcast community to a support group. As I write this, we have 5,000 members. The best part is that we have listeners from all over the world in different time zones. Therefore, if someone posts that they're struggling and they need to talk any time of the day or night, there are always several people eager to give their support. Many members of the group have gone above and beyond what we ever could have expected. They make it a point to make themselves available to anyone who needs to talk. Two of these members are Sam Farrell and Tanya Bruce. Tracy and I will always have the utmost respect for how these two have turned their lives into catalysts for helping others from the group. 
There are several others who contribute in this way as well. These people have our eternal gratitude. We are a big family. When someone hurts, we hurt along with them. When we got an email from the boyfriend of our listener, Molly, letting us know of her passing, we wept. When Pippi, a member of the group from Sweden, committed suicide, we felt guilt along with her pain. I had personally spent time talking with Pippi about her issues. After she passed, I wondered if there was anything else that I could have said or done to prevent her from making that ultimate decision. Clearly, we carry a great responsibility by asking people to discuss their problems and struggles with us. We want to help every individual who writes, but the truth is that sometimes we cannot. These times are especially difficult, though, because we feel like we have failed. Our listeners Nick and Katie lost their precious seven-year-old daughter in a car accident. There are no words that can truly comfort. Tracy and I recorded a special tribute for her and included it in an episode. That was exceedingly difficult to record. I remember sitting in the studio alone and being forced to stop the recording several times because I kept breaking down and could not continue. These were not just listeners to me. As a parent, I could imagine their pain. Thinking of them as my family gave me a deeper empathy. Nick later joined us on an episode to thank everyone for helping him and Katie through their rough time. They were overwhelmed from the messages that they had gotten from all over the world. Tracy and I both still struggle with depression. This is a demon that will always live with us. We push forward and we take it one day at a time. We've accepted that it's okay not to be okay. We encourage others not to feel as though they are a burden to their families and their friends. Those thoughts are the depression playing tricks on your mind. I personally believe that we have gotten as much help from our Facebook group as we have given. There is just something about helping others that makes one feel better. Our listeners have shared their deepest feelings with us, and in return, we have done the same. We've shared health struggles, like Tracy's heart attack and my open-heart surgery on the podcast. We've grieved openly for family and friends' loss. Our tears have made it into several episodes, and we do not edit that out because it serves as a reminder that we are all human. Our listeners have grown to expect us to be genuine. In return, they are there for us when we need them. We have celebrated the birth of our two newest grandchildren in the last few years with our listeners. Tracy's son Josh and his beautiful bride Sierra gave birth to James Dewey July 22, 2018. Austin and Kelly added another blessing to their growing family on December 4, 2018, when Lucas Wade arrived. Surveying my life, I think that I am a much better person today than I was in 2001 after my divorce. This has been a long journey filled with learning experiences. Those moments have helped me to become a better husband, father, and now a grandfather. While I'm still nowhere near the person I would like to be, there's still time. The man that I once was would not recognize the man that I am today. The key, I believe, is setting lofty goals for myself. These goals inspire actions to go above and beyond. No one will ever be a perfect person, but that does not mean that we cannot strive for excellence. Do not forget the past. Use it for your growth. My past is a constant reminder of what I will never allow myself to be in the future. So what is success? That's a tricky question. The answer depends on the person. 
Some might claim that 12 million downloads in five and a half years of doing heavily horror stories is a success. There was a time when that would have been my only mark of success. In the beginning, we were told that getting 75 downloads a week was great, and so reaching a number like 12 million would be amazing. Tracy and I have reached a pinnacle that most podcasters only dream about since we are able to make this our full-time job. That is a level of success. But we can honestly say that while the money and the downloads are wonderful, our priorities have changed. The family and community that we have built around Hibbley Horror Stories is something that makes a difference in the lives of people every single day. The messages that we get from people every week, writing that we have made a difference in their lives, fuels the fire that keeps Tracy and I going. We've included several of these messages in the final chapter to share the emotional bond that we have created with listeners. The Facebook group and these messages along with the thought that we may have saved people's lives. That, my friends, is our definition of success. Chapter 27, Listener Testimonials. Hey, Jerry and Tracy, I just wanted to reach out and tell you that I'm sorry that I'm so late on telling you thank you for wishing me a happy birthday on the podcast back in April. I wish my anxiety and shyness wouldn't have stopped me from telling you both how much that you meant to me. I cried when I heard you announce it, and I cried telling my parents and my boyfriend of your act of kindness, as well as how much I love and appreciate your podcast as well as the Facebook group. It also allowed for an honest conversation of how much I was struggling and needed to lean a little extra on those important people in my life at that time. Your group gives me a place to vent when I'm too overwhelmed to process things on my own, a place to just know that someone hears my voice and cares. And that, to me, is truly incredible and something that I need in my life. I see so many people uplifting others, and at a dim time, that's what I like to see on social media. Positivity. You have such a great dynamic duo going, full of laughter, love, support, and so many interesting and fascinating topics. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. In a sense, I found the both of you, as well as your Facebook group. It's truly been the gift that keeps on giving. What you do truly makes a difference for people, and I proudly support Hillbilly Horror Stories. Thank you for everything you do. It's truly above and beyond. Again, thank you guys so much for everything that you do. There's a lot of people like me who are very shy, but your podcast and group means a lot to just know that we're a part of it. That was from Natalie Moon. I started listening to Hibbley Horror Stories on April 5th, 2020, which is also my birthday. I was listening, but was having such a horrible day, a suicidal day. I was so depressed that I was literally holding a rope. All of this while hearing them talk in the background and thinking how I was going to accomplish this suicide attempt. I then heard Jerry start talking about suicide. He went into depth with his short story. I just started crying. It was like he was talking directly to me. I dropped the rope and instantly wrote to Jerry on Instagram. He messaged me back with such care and talked me out of it. He then suggested that I join the group for more support. I immediately did. I wrote on the Facebook page about my struggle with PTSD and it being the cause of me being suicidal. I was a first responder and trained to be a police officer. 
During all that, as you can imagine, I experienced horrific incidents. Being vocal about it on the group page, I found so much support, it was amazing. It was people who truly cared and wanted to help. I was messaged by a guy in the group named Sam Farrell. Sam was so supportive, and we would video chat when I was down in the dumps. I always knew that I had someone to talk to when in need. Night or day, Sam became my best friend. One night, I had a horrible thing happen, and I started drinking and getting into the mindset of killing myself. Then the little angel on my shoulder suggested that I call someone. I ended up video chatting with Jerry and Tracy. It was very late at night and they were in bed sleeping, but they woke up and talked me through my troubles. I never felt so much love from people whom I had never met. It touched my heart. Having Sam, Jerry, and Tracy there for me when I needed them the most was such a gift from God. They've helped me realize a lot about myself so much so that it helped me with my decision to go into rehab to get help for my drinking and my PTSD. All three have been such a good support team in motivating me to be the best that I can be. Truly a heaven-sent team. No lie when I say this, but I don't know where I would be without them and others who have reached out to me in the HHS group. I can't thank y'all enough. Kayla Vantrese Love, love the show. I've suffered from depression for many years, and listening to you every morning makes my day complete. I have breakfast, lunch, and sometimes dinner listening to you. If baseball doesn't get in the way when you're in Galveston, I'll get some notes and some pictures together. Hopefully I can meet y'all and we can compare notes and stories. My son would love to meet y'all. You have helped us out quite a bit. My son is 13 and he's been going through a tough couple of years. I had to put him on medication and take him to therapy. He was thinking about suicide. And listening to your show, when you talk about it in the beginning, he hit pause and we talked. Long story short, I'm disabled. His dad was diagnosed with cancer and our house flooded during Hurricane Harvey. He goes to Santa Fe High School, which made national news because of a school shooting. We were not directly affected by the shooting at the high school, but it affected everyone so much. We live in a small town. My husband and I grew up one house down from each other and our parents worked together. We went to school with a lot of parents who were affected. So I think all of that, plus being 13 and changing into a young man, really put him into a dark place. But I'm happy to say he is on the mend and he feels better. We talk more. He is taking some medication, going to therapy, art therapy, and exercising. Him and his brother are getting along much better. Thank you for everything, Jenny. I've always had a fascination for the paranormal and, well, a sixth sense, you could say, for the stranger things around me. But a few months ago, I found myself completely lost and worse, not being able to explain what these feelings and thoughts were that I was having to anyone. Not for a lack of trying, though. When I'd speak, the words just came out jumbled and fragmented. Nothing at all like it was going through my head. People began to look at me like I was crazy. That only made me feel worse, and I felt so alone. I had gone from this young, bubbly 27-year-old who always smiled to the shell of a person who just walked around like a zombie. It was definitely a noticeable change. You see, I had struggled with fertility issues since I was 16, and I was told at 21 to just forget it. You'll never have kids. 
yet I never let this keep me down. I was not willing to give up. Last November, I married my husband and we immediately sought out fertility specialists and started the IVF process. After months of injections and pills and driving three hours to the doctor for a 39-minute visit, just to turn around and drive just as far back, I felt like my soul was being sucked away a little at a time, and I began to question how much I was willing to take of this. How much more pain can I put my body through? While those around me cheered me on, no one saw me steadily sinking further away. My real smile faded as I put on this fake impression of happiness. Then, finally the straw that just completely did me in was the call after weeks of waiting that out of my twelve eggs that were retrieved, only three had completely fertilized. But only one out of those three was healthy and could be used. The other two had chromosomal defects, and to put it nicely, terms like terminate and destroy were being thrown at me. I already felt like a murderer for the nine eggs that didn't make it, though I know the sound of that seems outrageous to most. To me, they were little potential lives that I had created. They were a part of me. The news sent my mind into a whirlwind of thoughts that I never knew were there. I found myself alone, making that three-hour drive, wondering what if I just turned the wheel really hard and went off of this bridge. If the crash doesn't do it, the water would before anyone could reach me. That would take all of this pain away from me. I don't know if I really wanted to die or not. I just wanted that pain that I felt physically, but more mentally and spiritually, to go away. One day the thought just got so bad that I just couldn't take it anymore and I still had so far to go. I pulled over to download a podcast. I'd never really listened to a podcast before, but I just needed to hear other people talking. Anything to drown out the noises in my head. I needed something that would keep my interest, so I searched real ghost stories. Hillbilly Horror Stories was the first show to pop up. I thought, well, heck, I came from a pack of rednecks. This could be interesting. After 10 minutes, and I honestly can't even remember which show, I was hooked and couldn't get enough. Somewhere throughout the day of listening to shows back-to-back, I had forgotten about the pain that I had been struggling with. And over the next few weeks, I found some kind of peace of mind within myself, and the old me, the real me, started really breaking through that shell that I had become. I'll admit that I'll never be exactly who I once was, but I can truly smile again. And I no longer feel like I'm battling those demons inside myself. So I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Without knowing it, y'all have helped save me from myself and not just give up. Now we are expecting our first child, and I can't help but to think, what if I hadn't found your podcast? Thank you, Jerry, and thank you, Tracy, for all you do. Rachel Keith. I just literally want to say that you've changed my life, so thank you. I suffer from depression really bad and anxiety, so whenever I feel an episode coming on, I always put on your podcast, and for some reason, it always makes me feel better. It makes me laugh. So thank you. I'm from the UK, and I don't think you guys realize how awesome you are. Olivia Daisy Sorry this is going to be long, but I feel like y'all are family. It means so much to me that you are including the suicide hotline and just mentioning that people care and also that y'all are here. 
I've been suffering terribly this past month after a big loss, but I have my precious son and my husband to live for. There was a time in my life that I didn't have that, and not many people knew what was going on behind closed doors. I grew up with the one person that you should be able to count on, abusing me mentally and physically, my mom. She was abused as a child, and instead of stopping the cycle, she continued it. She had a bad day, and I did the littlest thing. She'd beat me. I have an amazing dad and a stepdad. My dad didn't know the extent, and my stepdad was always mentally abused by her as well, so he turned to alcohol. My dad eventually found out because I almost got kicked out of the Catholic school because of my bruises. He fought for custody, but because he got arrested once for writing bad checks, the abuser got to keep me. He was young and didn't know how to balance a checkbook. Isn't that some crap? As I got older, the abuse became more mental than anything. If I was five minutes late for my curfew, she accused me of being on drugs or sleeping with people. I worked in town and we lived outside of the city limits, so it was not unusual for traffic to cause me to be late. I would try to tell her that she hurt my feelings, but all she cared about were her own feelings, so she put me on antidepressants. These made me have suicidal thoughts. I tried to tell her that, but she called me dramatic. One night I got home a few minutes late and she went off, so I took the entire bottle of antidepressants. I had to get my stomach pumped that night. After that, my stepdad became more aware of stepping in, and she calmed down for a bit. This is where Kiwi came into play. I wanted and needed a companion, because shocker, being abused at home also caused me to get in an abusive relationship in high school. After my 16th birthday, I bought Kiwi. She was a toy chihuahua, and she lit up my life. I talked to her about everything. I even snuck her into school. If you asked anyone about me, they immediately brought up Kiwi. She helped me through the next few years at home, then I moved out right after graduation. I spent the next five and a half years in the most abusive relationship. I had no friends because I wasn't allowed to, and the friends I did have my whole life got sick of me not being able to do anything. I was alone on an island except for Kiwi. When I got away from that relationship, I had Kiwi. She was there in happier times, too. When I finally met the right person, she was in my wedding. Then more sad times as I struggled with years of infertility. Then happy again. Then happy again. For me, when I had him. She could have done without. A month ago today, Kiwi died in my arms from a heart condition. I felt so broken and alone, even though I'm not. I have so much to live for. And I'm so thankful for that. I think of a time that I didn't. And for the people who feel that they don't. I just want to thank you. Sorry that went on for so long. I just wanted y'all to know that I love you guys. And that really means a lot. You're touching a lot of people through that. Christy. Hi, I'm a new listener, but I wanted to reach out to give you guys a huge thank you for what you do. I was in a really dark place emotionally when I started listening to your podcast. So the first episode I chose was about the Japanese suicide force. The way that you guys talked about the people that care for us really helped me out. I love you guys because I know that you really care about us listeners. Thank you. Lisa Fidel. 
Hi, Jerry, I heard your shout out. It definitely brought me to tears. Now that school is over, I'm going to take the time to work on myself. I've been meditating to help with my anxiety. I'm trying to see things in a more positive light and rebuild my confidence. You and Tracy are amazing. The fact that you truly care and take time out of your day to talk to those individually. Olivia Ogden Jerry, we all have our days, all of us. You are steadily looking out for that true, depressed, hurting person. This group has personally touched my life. Thank you for this. Amy Carr As humans, we are all just looking for love. Maybe it will come from a stranger or multiple strangers. Maybe it will come from hillbilly horror stories. But in the end, you are helping to create a lovely space where good things are happening every day. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Not only are you helping people daily, you are helping to create better humans, darling. And that is a feat. I see so many people being selfless, caring, and thinking about others. This is what you have brought to this table. And for that, so many people are grateful. I am one of them. You have made me a better me. Tanya I discovered HHS a couple of years ago and quickly fell in love with the horror stories and the banter between the couple who obviously are deeply in love and complement each other perfectly. I joined the Patreon and the Facebook group expecting for further entertainment. What I didn't expect was to form some of the deepest friendships in my life. When I was having essentially a mental breakdown after my marriage ended, Ashley, my then wife, reached out to Jerry, and he reached out to me. I spoke many times to Jerry on the phone and over text messages. He has become one of my most treasured friends, and I love both he and Tracy immensely. Jerry helped guide me through the labyrinth of my depression, and with the help of God, Jerry, professional help, and meds, I emerged a brand new man with a more positive outlook on life. Since my rebirth, I've met some of my closest friends in the world through the HHS Facebook group. I'm looking at you, kid. You know who you are. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to assist others going through similar struggles. I am one of many that I know who may not be alive today if it were not for hillbilly horror stories, the people behind it, and the fans of it. I just want to say thank you to Jerry and Tracy for being there and provided an outlet for people to connect and save lives. God bless. Sam Farrell Hi, Jerry. This is not Molly. This is her boyfriend, Selvin. I write to you just to thank you for the joy you brought to her with your podcast. She enjoyed your stories, and I know because she always tried sharing them with me. Unfortunately, she passed away on Tuesday, February 12th. Thank you for the joy you gave her while she was with us. It would mean a lot to me if you respond to this email, as I felt that Molly would have loved to show her appreciation through me. Thank you, Selvin. Hi, Jerry. Firstly, I must thank you for what is probably the best podcast I've heard. I was not a massive fan of podcasts, but when I found you and your lovely wife's show, I was hooked. I've only been listening for a couple of months and have loads of shows to catch up on, which is fantastic. I have a neurological disease called myasthenia gravis, and I struggle with day-to-day -day life. I cannot watch much television and have been searching for a show with horror and the unexplained, and your show fills the gap perfectly. 
I love the way that you and Tracy interact. You are the perfect host as some of the questions Tracy asks, I am also thinking. Anyway, please keep up the great work. I have today become a Patreon as I hope it will take the pressure off of you both. Thank you again for doing what you do. You, Tracy, and Ninja are awesome. Barry Leadham in the UK. Hello, Jerry. I'm so excited to hear that you will be writing a book. About a month ago, I hit rock bottom in my life and I wanted everything to be over. I definitely wanted to end my life, but I held back due to the inconvenience that it would cause my loved ones. I didn't reach out to anyone in the group, but listening to you talk about mental health and about how everyone matters in every single episode absolutely helped me get through. I know that some people may get tired of the message being repeated, but it was so valuable to me in a really hard time, so thank you for that. Your show helps me so much more than you will know. For every person who has told you how you've had a positive influence, I'm sure there are more who have felt the same way but haven't reached out. So for everyone, thank you for what you do. Rachel Clarkson Hi guys, I just wanted to write and say thank you so much for being the wonderful people that you are. I'm struggling at the moment, and your message regarding getting help helped me so much. Thank you to you and your beautiful, adorable wife, Tracy. Much love to you both, Claire. I began listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories close to the beginning. Tracy was already on the show, but I went back and listened to the back episodes. I didn't even begin listening to podcasts until 2016 when I was fired from my job. I got another job, but it was a four and a half hour drive away. We could not move right away, so my husband and kids stayed behind while I rented a small apartment in the new city and began maintaining two homes, one of which was very lonely. Shortly after I took the new job on the new city, my daughter Anna, then entering her senior year of high school, began one of the worst periods of her life. She and I had both suffered from anxiety for years. That year, everything more or less exploded and had to deal with the anxiety, but her depression and OCD ramped up significantly and she began experiencing PTSD. She was in therapy, I was in therapy, and we were adjusting medications. I was away from her, she was suffering, and I couldn't be there 24 hours to help. I could barely be there three days in any given week. I thank God for my husband who was with her when I couldn't be. In the spring of 2017, Anna had to drop out of regular high school and move to the new city with me. I rented a second apartment right above me because space was so tight in the one for both of us. She finished high school online so she could stay on track for the university. We went back to the original city as much as we could to see the other half of our family and to keep her with an amazing therapist. But there were days that she couldn't get out of bed. I would bring her food, sit with her, watch videos, and listen to podcasts with her. There's no pain like seeing your child suffer. But I knew she was going through a pain that I couldn't begin to fathom. So how does Hillbilly Horror Stories fit into this? We listen to your podcast regularly, while on the road and while sitting in the apartment. When I reached out to Jerry on a whim, he responded. When I talked about Anna having a rough time, he didn't ask any questions, except what was her t-shirt size and our address. He let me say just what I needed to say and supported in the best ways that he knew. I can't express how much those acts of caring meant to my daughter and I both. 
Hannah immediately loved that shirt and wore it and still wears it all the time. And she loves hillbilly horror stories. Naturally, last year for her 20th birthday, she asked for tickets to the live show in Atchison, Kansas. I bought tickets for everything so she could spend time with the wonderfully sweet people who didn't even know her, didn't even talk directly to her, but showed her so much love when she needed it most. It's now 2020 and Anna's entering her last year of university. She has made so many strides. She's managed her mental health beautifully. And as her mom, I couldn't be prouder. She's actually home visiting for the summer as I write this. And every time she wears one of her Hillbilly Horror Stories t-shirts, I smile. Because Jerry and Tracy were such an amazing bright spot for both of us in such a hard time. The world needs more people like the Pollys. Paula. That concludes the book. I want to thank everyone who listened and supported this endeavor. You will never know how much you mean to us. Thank you.